back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Crossplay, where we get together and talk about all the video game goodness we can handle each and every week right here on the whatnots.com. It is Saturday, May 2nd, 2020, and this is episode 24. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about Summer Game Fest, the one that Jeff Keighley announced this past week. We're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the updated release dates for The Last of Us Part 2. But we will get to all of that in just a sec. For now, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Ignacio Rojas. Howdy. And this week we have a special guest joining us for the first time on the podcast. Uh, If you guys are a fan of Kind of Funny's content, then you know his work. You have seen all of the gifts that he's he's made. Uh, We have Corey Cudney joining us. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. That's right. The the gift master. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, it, it worked out perfectly, uh, cause you posted on Twitter. You were like, Hey guys, I have a lot of time on my hands. If you guys want me on your podcast, let me know. And Ignacio saw that and was like, Hey, we should message him. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Corey would be perfect. Right, well, I'm glad you did. Like you said, I got a lot of time on my hands, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for some new guests for a like season two of my Justin Editor podcast uh, that you can listen to on all podcast services. So I was like, you know what? I got to get back in the groove. I got to throw myself back out there and get back in the podcasting way. So yeah, I'm happy y'all are my first podcast back probably since, I don't know, sometime last fall uh, with my last oh, wow. uh, interview. Wow, what a note. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you uh, for being here. Yeah, no problem. If you had to kind of give someone an update on who you are, what you do, why you do it, who are you? Who is Corey Cudney? Yeah, so if you don't know me, hey guys, what's up? My name is Corey Cudney. Like you said, my my nine to five, my my like first foot out the door is I'm a video editor for a little independent studio here in Austin, Texas, named Certain Affinity, uh, where we're known for developing games or co-developing games like Halo, Call of Duty, Doom. So we have a lot of really cool stuff that we work on. Uh, but then my moonlighting gig, what I like to do on the side, also, uh, like you mentioned earlier, is the kind of funny gifts. Most of the time, if you've made or if you've used a kind of funny gift, I should say, um, chances are that I made it, which just happened completely by accident. But there are some really <laughs> good ones that I also didn't make. But also, like I said earlier, I host a podcast called the Just Editor Podcast, where we bring on uh, editors from the movies, TV show, um, just you know, producers and everything like that. We got on the editor for all the Avengers and Captain America movies. Jeff Ford was on earlier. Oh, and, wow. You know, yeah, it's it was super cool, and I just hit him up, and he totally was down for it. And so, I uh, I like to keep my plate full. Is what I try to do. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Dude, your um, give your give making abilities is so good. I don't <laughs> know how how is it that every kind of funny show, whatever it, it is, you always get some gifts out of it. And Man, so fast, like I, as as it's happening, you get them so fast. You're so good at it. 
Well, thank you so much, Ignacio. That that means a lot. I, uh, I like I said, it just totally happened by accident, and then Greg jumped on the opportunity and and made a, a Google Drive for me to drop stuff in, and so it's like Amazing. I just try to build up a library and everything, so that way, hopefully, on Twitter and Facebook and everything, if you type in Greg Miller or Portillo or Nick Scarpino or Tim Gettys, something will pop up, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it will be any and all situations you can think of, from Diet Coke to Oreos to Shawn Michaels. You know, anything pops up. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, I also wanted to point out uh, that you are a big comic book nerd, like me. Yes. Yes, yes, I'm I'm uh, I'm actually down on it right now. I need to jump back into it, especially with Marvel doing all that really cool stuff uh, where mm-hmm. they released all their you know a lot of famous books for free on Comicsology and everything. So there's a lot of good content out right now. I know they're trickling stuff out with uh, with Diamond being out um of commission mm-hmm. for a little bit, but yeah, no, I've I've been reading back up on my homeboy Flash, you know. There you got to go. keep it <laughs> are you keeping up with the show too uh so they just like the last two weeks i don't know if y'all watch it but like the last two weeks been, yeah so it's like they took a weird break I, I felt like they were also kind of hit by this unexpectedly like we all yeah. were because mm-hmm. it felt like we had just come back from a season break and then they were like oh here's some reruns like to give us some padding time and I personally have not been a huge fan of the Iris caught in the mirror storyline. And so uh, coming back from it, I think from the uh, from the episode descriptions, it's uh, mainly been following that. So I actually haven't caught them live, but CWC uh, online does a great job uh, keeping and archiving the, the episodes online. Um, and it still supports CW and the creators and everything. So I'll probably do that. Um, before too long you know i'll run out of something to watch and click on over good stuff well let's hop into talking about some video games uh let's throw this one to ignacio what have you been playing this week ignacio well i finally finished uh seven remake after all these weeks Mm -hmm. like i said before it's it's so good and once you get to the end it goes to me. It goes from great to fucking mind-blowingly great, <laughs> right? All the things they do. I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, and it's so Kingdom Hearts. Yes, in a good way. To me, <laughs> that's and exactly goes, what I told my brother. <laughs> it goes so Kingdom Hearts at the end, and it's mm. so, so great. Corey, you played it too, then? Yes. Yeah, I, I ate it up. I loved it to death. I. uh I like like Ignacio was saying I was beating it and I was loving it and then you get to the end and you're like oh my god this is <laughs> this is amazing I made the mistake of of trying to cram the last like six hours at the same time so I actually had to give up right at the end of like chapter 17 and pick it up the next day um, oh, and with a fresh face it was like it was I'm so glad I did that I woke up and like had breakfast and the first thing I did was finish Final Fantasy and I'm like this game is so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, th- th- that was pretty much the same thing with me. I stopped, uh, like right when you get. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna spoil it, but like right when you get mm-hmm. to, when you're about to go, like you, you, you know, it's like okay, I step into into this next thing, and this is about to be the end game. 
and yeah. I stopped like right there, slept on it, woke up the next day and was just like, I need to get back in. This was amazing. <laughs> and then it blew my mind. I was like, this is so cool. I love it. Yeah. To me, I I got to that part pretty late, like, I don't know, past midnight. Mm-hmm. And I got there and I, I, I thought of, to me, before getting there, I said to myself, I'm going to sleep now. It's too late. But I got there and I'm not. No, I'm go. I'm doing this. Let's go. Can't stop. Let's go all stop. the way through. Can't exactly. Stop <laughs> Can't stop here. Good stuff. Yeah, Good it's stuff. Great. It's a great game. And it's way more from what I expected the game to be. It isn't a straight up remake yeah. of the original game. It does so much more than that. Yeah, they do such a great job of of taking those expectations and evolving them and everything to make um, a much more meaningful experience uh, as you play and everything. Even just, I mean, in my opinion, how they took the core combat and like still transferred a lot of the principles where it's like mm-hmm. you throw up cure, for example, but if like the the enemy attacks you before you can throw it up, it like it'll Ugh. stop you. So oh, I hate it when that happens. Oh my god, I hate it so much. So it's stop like they attacking kept it. me, you dick. God damn it. <laughs> it is so much and like once it clicks with you and you're like, oh like I should be swapping and like distracting somebody with this character while this character heals and like yeah. swapping and, and triggering abilities and stuff. You you feel like you're like a master juggler by the end yeah. of it. Uh but you know there's like a great example is that first Reno fight where it's one-on-one and I was like, I just can't beat this guy, but it's my fault. Like it's, I, it's all on me, Yeah, no, I, I can't, can't do it. So I love, I love when games do stuff like that, where it's, it's all on the player and it's, it's up to you to learn the enemies, the tricks and, and everything like that. And trying to take mm-hmm. advantage of the combat system that they yeah. give you. Yeah. That's what I was telling Kyle the other day that it's not that the bosses themselves are hard. It's that you have to learn their patterns. You have to mm-hmm. learn how to beat them in their game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, uh, I, I hate to say this. I'm going to sound like one of those people, but it's very Dark Soulsy in that regard yep. where it's like, yeah, it's like sure. look, man, I'm just going to dodge a lot and learn this guy's mm-hmm. attack patterns. And then once I know his attack patterns, I know when to block and stuff and bait him in and stuff. So, yeah. Which is interesting for me because i'm not a fan really of the dark souls style combat i kind of want to play how i want to play and that's usually just button mashing just like ah attack 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 Um, but i i really liked what they did with this it still pissed me off but it it, it was Mm -hmm. it, it was still like i like this makes sense instead of just like i need to like counter the right move and do this one specific thing like there was a little bit of layway still like if if, if you still mm. didn't get the exact trick you can maybe get lucky and like okay if i keep using potions and cure and who knows what then maybe i can get by um mm. but yeah, yeah. What, what they had there was fantastic with the combat yeah, for sure. From the outside, it would seem like the combat itself is very bottom mushy, and that you could—it's—it looks like you could go by just bottom mushing. But as you go through, and especially when you get to the end, you start to learn that 
no, that won't help you just bottom matching. You have right. to be proactive. You have to. Okay, so I started attacking with this guy. Then I switched to, say, Barrett and have him uh, shoot him and then switch to Aerith and use a magic attack so that it gets more staggered. And then back to Cloud and and use his ability and get the staggered down. You have to build up a strategy and a flow. And I really love that by the end. You have to get the flow and you get to the point that the flow becomes so natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for better or worse, I noticed that whoever you're controlling is who the enemy is targeting, which yeah. at first yep. was like such a huge nuisance for me. I was like, why are you doing this? And then by the end, once you get used to it, like you're saying, you swap to Barrett and you like pop him a couple times with Barrett and then you swap back and, uh, you know, wait for an ATB meter to fill up or whatever. So, yeah, they, swapping and like, you know, prioritizing is, is the name of the game with that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, you even have to use that to your advantage, having mm-hmm. the the enemy target who you're controlling. For example, at the beginning, I was having the problem with the guards that have their shields. Yeah. Because to, if you're just using one character, you have to find a way to get behind them and then attack them. But mm-hmm. then I figured out, hey, if I have two characters, why don't I start with take Cloud and the guard will start facing me and then switch to Barrett. And he will be behind him, start shooting at him. And when the guard stops aiming at Barrett, I switch back to Cloud and then attack them and it became so easy to deal with them. Yeah, it's those little strategies that really mm-hmm. make the gameplay pop in such a great way where you're like, it's such a small thing, but you walk away from it going like, man, I'm a badass. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so it it looks like both of you have also been playing the original Final Fantasy Heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hori, how 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 far are you, are you in the game? So I actually beat it. Well, so I <laughs> I cheated. Okay, so I oh, for anybody playing on the, our podcast, I know oh, I feel bad no, about no, it. No. I feel <laughs> it's, just, it's been a sore subject, man. So. If you have the PS4 version, okay, you can uh, take advantage of the little cheat codes that they give you. So you can, um, if you press in like both of the thumbsticks, uh, you'll get, uh, I can't remember what both of those. It's uh, no random counters. Yeah, no random encounters. I used the hell out of that. Um, So it really makes things go fast. And and if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII ever or in a little while, um, your character moves slow as heck. And you're walking through these environments and it's, you know, random encounters are what we all know, love of random encounters. And so, you know, to do that turns on random encounters. You can click the left thumbsticks um, to times three speed. So you can go through a lot of the overworld a lot easier. And then uh, on the right thumbstick uh, will give you uh, full health and then full MP. And you can still get one. Yeah. And you can still get one shot. So, you know, if, if you just don't have the health available to take a hit, um, you'll still die. But if you take a hit, it'll show the health go down and then it'll go back up. Mm-hmm. Well, I huh. played all the way through the game, got uh, 25, 26 hours in, and I was like, awesome, cool. Made it to the end fight of Sephiroth, and all my characters were like level 50. I was feeling good. And I get there, and I, it is immediately clear <laughs> that level 50 is not high enough (laughs) and i am getting just trounced i i get it to 
And so to clarify a little bit on the the really cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater one of the full health and the full AP and everything, um, I was using that in the most dire of circumstances because you still have your pride. You know, you can still get trophies and stuff, but it's like, I I don't want to have to use that. I want to be able to to get through the game and, and have, sure. you know, my materia set and everything like that. And then I actually feel like I experienced it. So I didn't use that much, but if a boss was giving me a hard time, so like this last, the safer Sephiroth section, for example, I had it turned on all the time and I walked in with like four Phoenix downs, not even close <laughs> to enough. And you know, you're stuck in this cave and I just get trounced. He's one shot in my team. And I'm like, you know what? I've made it through the whole thing. The only thing I'm not going to get out of this is the last cutscene and then the gold trophy for beating the game. So I'll just watch the end cutscene. So I finished oh. the entirety of Final Fantasy VII, but I didn't beat Sephiroth. I got to the last phase of Sephiroth. And I still didn't beat him. And I was like, it's either me going back, like restarting the game pretty much. Because once you're in that cave, you can grind in the cave, but there's no way for me to buy new Phoenix Downs, you know? So. Right. So it's like, there's just no way out of this for me. And I don't feel like redoing the whole game. So yeah, I, I beat it and I beat it in, in theory, but not in practice. Yeah. Thank you. Sometimes that's what you have to do. do, do. Yeah. Uh, hey, walk away. Who knows? Cause some, sometimes, yeah. If you walk away for a while and come back to it, maybe you'll get lucky. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one of my friends was like, "Man, I bet you can cheese it or something." And I'm like, "I just don't even know, man. Like, I, I know just don't know." With four Phoenix downs, I don't know how. Yeah, it's just any amount, amount of luck will help you. And he can turn you into a frog. And I don't have any of the, the things to undo the frog state. Mm. Like, there's that item that that will revert yeah. it, and it's like I don't have any of those on my character, so. I'm also playing Final Fantasy VI on the Vita through the PS1 Classic. And so oh, now nice. I feel like I'm like overleveled because I'm like grinding. I'm like, I'll be damned if this happens to me in this <laughs> one. And it's even, it's like even slower and they hold your hand like even less because, you know, that game's from 94. And so it's like, it's crazy. And I love games like this to go back because for better or worse, games a lot nowadays, you know, if you don't know where you're going for three seconds, there's going to be an Aerith or you know somebody that's going to be like, oh, hey, I think we need to go this direction. And I'm like, I right. know. I'm exploring. Okay, chill. <laughs> like, I'm looking and, for uh, items. <laughs> yeah, and, and Six definitely doesn't do that. I'm in the middle of a forest right now, and a couple of NPCs in the towns are like, oh, go mm -hmm. to this mountain. And I'm like, I can't even find this mountain. So it, I'm playing it, and I'm digging it. I'm like five hours in, and okay. uh, Final Fantasy VII was, was pretty awesome as well because I had never beaten that one either. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I've only I, played the Midgar section, so that's okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. I was very surprised, very pleasantly surprised at you know. Obviously, they add a ton in remake, but the the parts that are the same from remake and seven, I was amazed at how like faithful the recreation was. It oh, yeah. was amazing. Indeed. Yeah, no, for me, I. I had started seven a while back on, when it came to the Switch, mm -hmm. but now after playing remake, I decided to go back, give it another, another try. I started over again. Mm -hmm. I 
just got to the part where you're going to Rector 5 and you just jumped out of the train. Oh, which gotcha. is around where I left it the last time. But okay. yeah, I I played it yesterday. Yesterday I got till you first get to the stump. And mm. then I went back and to remake and try to finish the first level on hard difficulty. Okay. Oh, and yeah, it, it is amazing how it translated so much into the remake. Mm-hmm. So much of the original, how much they kept, and yet they added so much more. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, you can see exactly. Hey, I I just read this on the original and now the character is saying it or hey, this <laughs> this background looks exactly how I'm seeing it now on remake. Just yeah. just in a modern way. Yeah, so, it's it's pretty cool. It is very cool. It's very yeah. cool. Indeed. Uh so I got to finish up playing Bloodroots this oh, week. Finally. Uh yeah, finally. Uh I have to give a shout out to Pop Agenda for giving mm-hmm. us the code for that one to play it. Um, nice. and I I really enjoyed it. It was a good, really fun game. Um it's one that I could take in like small chunks. It's hyper violent. It 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 just has a fun look, a fun feel to it. Um but I especially liked the ending of this game, which really oh, so. isn't an ending at all. It was <laughs> the beginning of the game. Oh, nice. Maybe. Oh, like a so, trippy look. I like it. Yeah, it's, 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 like it's, it's neat. Yeah, it's looking neat. at I, screenshots, I forgot that this, it looks like it has an awesome aesthetic to it. Very much Wait, so. Wait, so how, how did you like the ending? Did you like the gameplay of it? like the story or just the fact that it kind of loops from what i'm taking out of what you said yeah just the idea like i don't think i've ever really seen that in a video game i'm not gonna spoil the story but like Mm -hmm. yeah it like the opening scene of the game uh is also the last scene of the game Oh. oh cool Awesome. So yeah, it it it, it 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 is this big like looping thing, and it's like, whoa, this is really neat. <laughs> so that was good. That was fun. But I also started playing Resident Evil Two Remake for the first Finally. time. Finally, I am baby, and I am terrified, and I am scared. <laughs> and I hate this. So, how much have you played? Because you get it recently. Uh, yeah, so I, I picked it up on PlayStation 4 uh, in their big in Japan sale. Um, oh, yeah. It was yeah. like $23. So I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh. I will pick it up. Uh, I've played for two and a half, three hours so far. I've got two of the medallions. Uh, I put the arm in the statue with the book, mm-hmm. and I got the like red scepter thing. Uh, and then that's I went to go see, in... what was that? No, I was going to ask that's still <laughs> in the police station, right? Yeah. I'm still yeah. in the police station. Um, I saw, what was her name? Claire. I saw her yeah, right yeah, after yeah. the helicopter 
crashed. And that's kind of where I am now. I'm like shortly after that. Have you oh, met nice. Mr. X? No, haven't met Mr. X oh. yet. And I don't want to. Uh, so can stay at home if he wants. Don't <laughs> give it to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had never touched a Resident Evil game before, too. And it was such a like revelation. I was like, this game is so good. It's yeah, like the way right. that they, you do the puzzles and everything. And it's it's amazing. I I dove into that. Yeah, it's, yeah it's so I'm, I'm liking so it. I'm I'm still kind of scared and terrified, but now I feel <laughs> like I've spent enough time in the initial sections that I'm just like, okay, that's a zombie. I know what that is now. Like yeah. those aren't scary. And so now I'm like just waiting for the next thing. I technically saw my first liquor. Oh, and, but that I I don't feel like was as scary as I thought it oh, was going to be. Did you confront it? I did. I killed it. It did attack you. It did. Oh, well. I also had a shotgun and I killed it. Nah, I mean, <laughs> just wait till it catches you with two bullets and not one of them. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, for the most part of the game, there really weren't an issue for me. There's one specific what? case that I can think of in my head where I ran into a, where there was two of them. Uh, and in a laboratory setting, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" <laughs> it's just it, I, but like I agree for for the most part, when it's just one, it's, it's not fine. too yeah. too bad. But like you said, if yeah. you have if you are low on ammo, you're kind of screwed. You're like, I'm gonna run. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. have a shotgun full of shells, you could just unload on them. Yeah, <laughs> but if you got nothing, oh boy. Yeah, they're a pain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's pretty wild the the level of remakes we're getting because we just we we got Resident Evil two remake three remake now seven remake. It's pretty cool how we've gotten to a point with remakes that they are doing so much more than just re redoing the game, just giving them better assets or, or HD fine like we saw before. Now mm -hmm. we've gone a step above that. And we've done, we've gotten these incredible games that really modernize the games as if they weren't old games but new games. And I, Indeed. and I also like that we we've gone past now, like SNES nostalgia, and we've moved on to PS One nostalgia <laughs> because there are some gems in the PS One I'd like to see remastered. Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like with when you get into this generation of the N64 and the PS1 and stuff, it's like, okay, we can't just port this over anymore because yeah. these games are ugly now. So we definitely <laughs> have to completely like remaster, remake, you know, whatever it takes to get up to it. Whereas like, you know, a lot of those, like you mentioned, the SNES games and stuff, those art styles really hold up and they have like such a diehard fan base that'll like chew you apart if you touch it. So it's like now we got, you know, to the Resident Evil 2 and stuff where people are like, oh, I love the gameplay, but like Leon's face is like four pixels wide. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it, like you said, it really does enhance the experience. I luckily I haven't seen a remake, like a high profile remake come out. I guess three recently is probably the most like, mixed people have been on a remake. Well, but that, that has more to do with the original game. Yeah. 
on the remake aspect, it is at par with Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. It's just that the what they had to work with was what ended up dragging it down. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from a ton of sources. Is that it's like, look, if you don't like Resident Evil Three, you probably aren't gonna like Resident Evil Three. Big surprise. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still good. It's still mm-hmm. enjoyable for what you do there. It's just that remake two is better. Yeah, longer. so good. Yeah, indeed. Well, I've really only played like the that first section, so I don't have too much else to say on resident evil 2 uh but last but not least ignacio sounds like you've jumped back into dragon ball z kakarot we going back baby (laughs) yeah yeah got back into kakarot the so the dlc just came out recently and i was waiting until finishing seven to get into the dlc so since that happened, of course, I jumped into it. And for what was there, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what they included. Granted, it I wish it would have been more. But like I said, I, I enjoyed what, what was there. So what the DLC was or is, is so you can jump into it at any time. So the oh, story cool. element of it is that you get cold, you, Goku and Vegeta get cold into the planet of the God of Destruction, and there the Whis, who's the assistant of the God of Destruction, tells you, hey, I got the this guy over here, the God, that wants someone to fight with. So I'll help you train, I'll help you get stronger, because I know you guys like to get stronger, so <laughs> that you can eventually give him a good fight. So what you do in the DLC is just you are given these challenges. Uh, I think it would be the closest thing. You get these challenges where mm-hmm. if you beat them, you get an object, an item that gives you an experience boost. It gives you experience. So, okay. so what you do is you finish the challenge, you get the item, and then that helps you level up. Uh, for each challenge, I would say it gives you like three, four, or five levels. So okay. you go, you progress through the challenges until you eventually have to get to level 250, which is a required level to fight, finally fight the God of Destruction. Goodness gracious. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like a yeah. mode of light from destiny in that regard where they're like, you're not high enough yet, but we'll give you this XP boost. <laughs> well, when they first announced that you needed level 200 and 250, mm-hmm. I was like, how am I supposed to get there? I platinum the game and my best characters were at 107. How am I going <laughs> to get there? And yeah, it turns out you, you just finished the challenges and they gave you a ton of XP that will end up getting you there. And what's interesting about the DLC is that you can start it at any time in the game. You could start it at the beginning of the game. So theoretically, you could start it at the beginning when you're level 1 and just go straight up to level 250. Oh, that's before cool. Before starting the game. Interesting. 
could yeah. could could you like start it and then go back to the main game? Oh no, yeah, you back? can. Yeah, you can pop in and out whenever you want. Okay, so that's it's like a good way to le- 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 to level up. Yeah. So the game, game. never has a, never had a good way to grind. There wasn't yeah. really a, a like a reasonable or realistic way to grind in the game. You would never get enough experience to for it to be worthwhile. So now this seems like they added a way to grind up all the levels you want. That's interesting. I like that idea because that is like I mentioned earlier with like Destiny, where it's like if you want to hop into a specific expansion or like MMOs in general, I guess if you want to hop into a specific expansion, you can just jump right into that and not have to worry about all the introductory stuff. So that's a really cool way. I kind of hope that other single player games do stuff like that. Like, I don't know, Borderlands 3 when they're (laughs) releasing new stuff. If a new player wants to come in and join his buddy in the new DLC pack or whatever. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And like I said, I I wish they, one thing I wish they would have included was more of a story. Like they, at first you would have thought that this DLC would have been uh, them doing the story of Battle of Gods. It isn't that. It is the same characters there, but it doesn't follow the story at all. It even, it kind of would conflict with the story of Battle of Gods in a way. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah what I enjoyed was that aspect of you can go and try fight the Beatus, the god of destruction at any time you want it I mm. tried it when I first popped up and even for me even at 250 he beat my ass so many times <laughs> so yeah at 107 there would have been no way oh my gosh yeah he would have just flicked you and you'd have been yeah. like oh god <laughs> Yeah, we get out of my face, you flee. Huh. <laughs> Which would be kind of canon. I was going to say, very just, canonical. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and like I said, even though there wasn't much of a story, there was kind of a story of you wanting to become stronger and eventually be good, give a good fight to the God of Destruction. And I like the feeling of progression they gave you. And this the fight at the end was one of the best fights in the game i would say it was so hard but it was so pretty the the amount of new animations they gave to the dlc i wasn't expecting it they gave a lot of new animations and it has some of the prettiest finishers in the game Ah, yeah so what was there i enjoyed it do i wish there would have been more yeah but I still enjoyed it every, every moment. Do you think this hints at Dragon Ball Z Kakarot 2? Where they do uh, like the storyline of Super or something? I don't know. When you go in to choose the DLC, you can see that there, are, there will be two more DLCs to come. Okay. So I can't um, tell exactly what they'll do. Okay. And I don't I don't know if they'll be able to do Kakarot 2 because I don't know how you would differentiate it with this one. This game already had a lot of it of the story. It already went very like into specific parts of the story that I don't know what else you could add to make it a gotcha. different game. Mm. I gotcha. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad you're enjoying that one still, though. Yeah. Like I said, it's now my favorite game of all time, and I'm glad I'm getting more of it. Really? That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I. Uh, so what was it? Uh, just a general question for Kakarot. Was it just re-experiencing the story for you, or was it the gameplay, or you know, a mix of all of them, or what was it? What behind my of? favorite game of all time? Yeah. Well, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan overall, so awesome. That kind of has to do with it. Mm-hmm. But before Kakarot, I would say my favorite game was Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Three. Oh, good choice. But the amount of love Kakarot shows to not only Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball in general. Mm-hmm. The amount of love he shows, it's great as a Dragon Ball fan to see it. And that's why I it's I would say it's my favorite game of all time. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, that was... I was just kind of wondering, because I, uh, like you were saying, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. And uh, I personally dropped it about halfway in Frieza Saga. Um, it was just a little too slow for me, but I can totally see where it's like, where it's like the love of the story can get you through it. I can't remember yeah. what game it was, but it was a classic gamer moment of like, it didn't have my attention fully. And then something else came out um, Ooh, or something. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to that. I'll pick this back up later. And then I never touched it again. So. Yeah. I, w- I would say that Kagura has a lot of flaws and I get why someone would jump out of it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it showed so much love to the series. That I, I loved it so much. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to housekeeping and then we will get into the news of the week here uh if if you guys did not know we have multiple podcasts here at the whatnots uh in fact ignacio you just recorded an a- episode of the captain's log with yeah, us. My first captain's log exactly yeah which is our weekly off-topic show we just kind of go wherever the conversation takes us it's a lot of fun um you guys can find all of that on our website, thewhatnots.com, or your favorite pod- podcasting platform of, ch- of choice. Just type in The Whatnots, and a- a- all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, if you guys like what we do and you want to support, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. We have some exclusive content on our $3 tier, and we also would like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. Uh, so thank you, Sam, for helping us out, keeping the mics on. We appreciate it tons. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get into the news of the week. All right. First up, I actually wanted to start with something that I did not have written down on the notes because it kind of came up right before we went live recording this. Oh. Um, this is a rumor that I am seeing Game Rant report on. Can you this is link? from Diego Perez. Yeah, let me see if I can uh, get you a link on here, all of this stuff. Uh, Corey, what is mm-hmm. your favorite game of all time in the meantime? 
Favorite game of all time. I'm going to go for a little bit of a offshoot one. I'm going to say Infamous 2. That was... Oh! I absolutely adored it. So I love Infamous 1. It's one of those things where the PS3 was like my first me console where it's like... Mm. You know, I had the GameCube growing up, and that's fine. But like the the PS2 and the Xbox and the Xbox 360, or the PS2 and the Xbox, I should say, were shared amongst me and my brother. And the 360 was his console, and PS3 was my console. And so uh, I saw an ad for Infamous One back in the Hollywood video days. I saw an ad <laughs> in a magazine, and I was like, "Ooh, I love this guy, this electricity boy!" And so I bought it, loved it didn't think anything else of it and then they brought the second one out and i just fell in love with it i love the world i love the platforming of it the controls to this day are so freaking buttery smooth sucker punch is right up there for me with the bungees of the world with the rock stars of the world where it's like they put out you know if if a game comes out and it's sucker punch or naughty dog or rockstar or whatever i will at the very least give it a shot um, and sometimes it'll be a Uncharted 4 where I freaking love it. And sometimes it'll be a Red Dead Redemption 2 where it's like, I can appreciate the game for what it is, but I'm like, it's not for me. But, but Infamous 2 is probably what I always credit as uh, my game of all time for me. Yeah, Infamous never gets the recognition it deserves. It's they so were a great good. game. Yeah, yeah and I wish they would, they would have ported them to the PS4. I know. I don't know what it was this mm -hmm. gen that they kind of decided that they didn't need to, where it was, they yeah. could have very, especially, and I would imagine it was because they weren't expecting this big of a gap between uh, Infamous First Light and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. But, uh, but that would have very easily given Sucker Punch uh, still some recognition out there and keep them in the conversation. So I, I'm actually not sure why they didn't throw it to like a now that Sanzaru is purchased by, I believe it's Facebook, maybe somebody bought him up. Um, but uh, they could have, in the meantime, thrown it to Sanzaro, who did Sanzaru, who did such a good job porting all the Sly games over to PS3. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I tried to send you guys a link here. I'm on like multiple computers and my phone, uh, <laughs> so, and they're all, all okay. of my computers are terrible. Let me know if yeah, that so works. The more. What uh, works? It should be .com slash PS5, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff there. I accidentally put an extra Oh, I know period. exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. But I don't. Just still ask Google it. Um, What's the rumor? So the rumor is that PlayStation 5 will let players try every game in the PlayStation Store uh, for free. Yeah, I read that one. What do you guys think of this? Because I... I don't know if I believe it. Yeah, me either. I don't believe it, but I think it would be super cool. It's like when the PS4 was first announced and they really have a lot heavily emphasized on the, oh, uh, you know, if the developer chooses it, you can download single player or multiplayer first. And, and then like, they didn't do anything with that. No, I does that except for like Modern Warfare did it where it was like, which one do you want to download first? But right. nobody else does that. So I wonder if that's another thing where it's like, hey, if the developer wants to put the first hour on the, you know, on the store, you can immediately launch into it. And with this generation's emphasis on convenience and everything, I wouldn't doubt that they're trying to go that route. Um, but like you said, I don't necessarily believe it. 
Yeah, I would for sure have to be. It would have to be a demo situation. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could. I don't think you would have every game be playable just like that because you don't have. Not every game has a demo, so I don't right. see it being able to be implemented for every game. And also, mm -hmm. the way the rumor goes is that you will be able to play it instantly, just right yeah. there. Which would mean you would have to implement PS Now into it in a way or any streaming. Yeah, I'd stream it, and that just wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them putting. What if they did it on a first party basis? So all of the first party games that they have would that be more plausible? Yeah, but. I mean, it's, you still have the problem of having to stream it. I don't think right. they have PS now, but I don't feel like they put that much work into it. So they would have to improve the system for it to be able to just be that seamless and to implement it into the store. Although True. news came out last year that they were working with, I think it was Xbox and xCloud. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. So maybe that could have something to do with it, but for now, I I won't get my hopes up. I agree. Mm. I don't think it's something yeah, like to you said, really get your hopes up for. I think a first-party solution would probably be a really good test bed for it. But yeah, the the issue of being like, oh, anybody can try it immediately, but like your internet needs to be like 50 megs or higher. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> like it's it would have to be. It, it would be a very Google Stadia situation where it's like, hey, this is really cool and you can stream it instantly. But, you know, some parts of the country you, where you just don't have internet that well, it's like, okay, that's, you can't do it anymore. So it would be really cool, though. I think that would be an awesome future if you're like, ah. But also the question arises, as I'm just going on a tangent, also the question arises of like, <laughs> do you think that would be that much of an effective tool for people like to be able to try the first 20 minutes of a game or whatever. Do you think that would put out that many more units where they would want to implement that across this, the whole platform? That's kind of what I'm wondering too, because personally, if, if, if it was only a first party thing, I don't think I would need the demos. Exactly. I, I want to play God of War two. I know yeah. that I want Spider-Man too. Like, I don't need the like first twenty minutes for free. <laughs> now, granted, I mean, I guess we are like a different subsect of the user base, but I just sure. don't. I have a hard time imagining. You know, little Timmy is like, ah, oh, man, I only have sixty dollars this month, but I don't know whether to buy God of War two or Horizon Zero Dawn two. I don't know. Let me try him. And then like that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that that would sell too many units. And I feel like that would just put more, uh, even just a little bit more hampering on the devs of like, all right, yeah. we approved your yeah. game. Now send us the first 20 minutes and we'll upload it. It's like, okay, yeah. well, how do I just chop the game off right here? <laughs> so this yeah. case scenario, the would, these would be more of a glorified demo. So mm -hmm. then there you would have to see the numbers of whether demos really work or work or not. And lately, you've seen the trend of them of people moving away from demos. Yeah, compare the amount we have this generation with how many demos were last generation. It for sure, has 
gone has been declining yeah demos as a whole i feel like since you know the the ps1 ps2 days where it's like mm-hmm. that was your taste of the game um have just steadily been going down since then and it's like i mean what final fantasy had the demo and uh final fantasy or yeah final fantasy 15 had that little yeah. weird demo where you played as young noctis in like a weird playroom yeah interesting well let's move on from that one and go to the actual number one that we have here on our notes this week uh we have updated release dates for the last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima uh this is something i would normally put in our new and notable section but i think this is pretty news worthy if you ask me uh, this is coming from Herman Holst on the PlayStation blog, and they write, Amidst some disruptions to our working styles, we wanted to provide an update to PlayStation gamers who are eager to learn uh, when our next exclusive titles will arrive on PlayStation 4. As we begin to see an ease in the global distribution environment, I am pleased to confirm that The Last of Us Part 2 will arrive on June 19th, and and Ghost of Tsushima will follow on July 17th. So, Ignacio. Yeah. What do you think of this? Has Sony somehow miraculously solved shipping dates? Yeah, that's the weird part. <laughs> because not that long ago, they came out and indefinitely postponed Last of Us Part 2. So it is kind of weird how just a few weeks later, they came out with a date, a specific date, mm-hmm. that doesn't move it that far, that far into the year. So I don't know what changed in this short time, time frame. Like I'm... I'm wondering if they were in the works to solve it as it was happening and that they just didn't have things finalized and they weren't sure if it was actually going to work. And so it was just like, okay, let's delay this indefinitely. And then once we have whatever magical solution we came up with, once <laughs> that works, it's just like, okay, here it is. Yeah. It's so weird. I, it, I mean, everybody was saying it when it happened, but the word indefinitely is such a term that you just don't hear uh, yeah. where they'll like, oh, well, it'll be delayed. It's like what people would normally say but indefinitely is I was among a lot of people where I was like, oh, wow, is this them like, you know, skirting it back and just being like, all right, it's going to launch a uh, day and date with the PS5 at this point. You know, and I'm so happy that it's not. But, you know, like you said, it's it's very odd where they were like, we can't ship this thing. And weeks later, they were like, all right, we delayed it three weeks out. But somehow that three-week cushion is giving them, you know, right. all the, yeah. you know, a- ability to be able to ship this out. So it's so weird. I'm really glad that we're getting uh, both of these games oh, yeah. and, and Ghosts uh, being pushed back was just natural. You don't want to have mm-hmm. your two big heavy hitters. Uh, but it is exciting because that means this summer is officially the summer of PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, like I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they had some kind of contract with a shipping company, like some third party. Like, mm. hey, can we 
throw you guys some extra money to like make sure this happens or something i have no idea but i am excited to play these games yeah agreed agreed very excited i have the i pre-ordered both of the collector's editions and i was oh, like man now i'm like saving 400 bucks or however much it is with both of them combined and then now i'm like okay well i'm still spending it it's just like a month later than i thought <laughs> Sounds good. Well, speaking of The Last of Us 2, uh, this past week, there were a bunch of leaks that happened. And finally, the leakers have been identified. This one is coming from Patricia Hernandez at Polygon, who writes, In late April, Naughty Dog suffered an enormous leak that, among other things, seemed to spoil the ending of The Last of Us Part 2. One of the leading rumors at the time was that the source of the leak was a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee, but Sony has officially squashed that unfounded myth now. Uh, Quote, Sony Interactive Entertainment has identified the primary individuals responsible for the unauthorized release of The Last of Us 2 assets. They are not affiliated with Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment. We are unable to comment further because the information is subject to an ongoing investigation. We are looking forward to when The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands and can't wait for you to enjoy the full experience on June 19th. Corey, what happened here? <laughs> what uh, what was what was going on with this? You've been working from home to you work for a game studio. What would this be like? Man, I just I don't even know. I'm looking forward to inevitably some if if Sony doesn't say it, somebody coming out and being like these, you know, not giving names, but like this is the tangential. Yeah, it was this guy. Go Let's get him. Like, I'm, I'm very interested to see what their relationship was and how in the world. Because I haven't seen any leaks, but apparently, like you see the console commands and stuff like that. So it's like they either got footage that somebody wasn't supposed to be sharing or whatever. Because you know, mm-hmm. in game development, you really never record your screen with console commands you're always recording it when you want to show somebody something cool and i'm really glad to hear that it wasn't somebody from uh inside because that was the rumors forever is that was somebody some disgruntled employee and it's like man that would suck because i know exactly how they feel where it's like you're at home and i don't know how seamless naughty dog got to transfer to working from home situations we uh over at certain affinity were are already kind of working towards that goal when it was announced in in austin that it would be mandatory that you would work from home so it was really seamless for us which i'm very glad about but yeah it's it is just insane and and i can't imagine at this point like the project that i'm on at work i've been working uh there for about a year and i don't know four months now and i've been on the same project the whole time and it's like it would absolutely be heartbreaking if it's if it even gets leaked to where somebody knows what the project is before you want it to, let alone seeing the ending and seeing all kinds of stuff, it's like that's not how they intended at all for that to happen. So that's just kind of sucks. And I 
you know, I'm one of those people when it comes to this stuff, you know, punish them to the extent of which they are punishable, man. Get it yeah. out. So they use the words, the, the or they, they, they say here in Sony's statement, they are not affiliated with Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Does this mean family members? too like they know that it was not like some angry mom or some kid being like ah this game is gonna be great (laughs) that was (laughs) that's a possibility man the the other thing that keeps popping into my head is they're saying that they weren't affiliated so i wonder how carefully like and legally they chose those words because the other option is a game like naughty dog or a game like last of us 2 i can almost guarantee um, that other studios are working on it in some capacity from, you know, just doing whatever's now, granted, I don't know if they are, you know, creating assets for this, if they, if they contract out a company to do asset creation for it, it's like, would they have as- access to the whole game? I don't know, but it's, it'll be very interesting. That's why I want to hear them say, or hear somebody, you know, I want to hear it come out who these people were how in the world they know get specifically who it was yeah i want to know you want to know the, their address where they live where they work yeah i don't want anybody to get doxxed here but i do want somebody <laughs> to be like yeah was this guy's girlfriend or whatever because i don't know it's it's weird there have definitely been uh you know things get leaked from family members before of some kid bragging to his friends on the playground or whatever so yeah I wouldn't be super surprised if it was something like that, of some kid filming his dad's computer when he wasn't looking or whatever, but I don't know. It's such a weird situation. The only other thing I can think of is like, maybe they didn't, like someone didn't notice that their VPN wasn't on and they got hacked. Like that's absolutely a possibility some, somehow, (laughs) some way. Um, Yeah. All that's over my head, but I, I saw somebody bring that up on online, and I was like, "Yeah, that's true." Like, if you know, you know, Neil yeah, Druckmann's you know address or whatever, well, yeah. like, you'll you'll try to figure it out. But I don't know; it's such a scummy thing to do. It's like one thing to ruin it for yourself, but then to share it, and then everybody else is also now getting it ruined as well. It's like mm-hmm. oh, that sucks, and I have to like put on Twitter mutes and stuff. <laughs> Just to yeah, hate it. Hopefully, they they can look at what happened and try to take the precautions for for it not to happen again. Yeah, again in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can almost guarantee you. I bet Naughty Dog, if they weren't already like, you know, level one security, I bet they are now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, let's see. Are either of you guys Travis Scott fans? I uh, would have to check. No, <laughs> I would take that as a no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've heard his name once or twice before this, but he just had a gigantic concert in Fortnite. Uh, this one is coming from Stella Chung at IGN, who writes Fortnite's Travis Scott 
astronomical event saw 12.3 million players tuning in when it debuted on April 23rd, setting a new all-time concurrent player record that eclipsed the last in the last in game concert which marshmallow headlined and brought in 10.7 million concurrent players in february of 2019 as well as the end event arguably fortnite's biggest gameplay related event the end, which saw Fortnite servers shut down while a black hole reset the world for Fortnite Chapter 2, only pulled in 6 million players. Oh, <laughs> only has, 6 million. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 6 million. <laughs> so, did, did, did you guys get to watch this or catch some of it on youtube nope no i did get to see it on youtube uh it was it's one of those things that i have actually never touched fortnite but i am constantly amazed at just the amount of ingenuity yeah. that they put into that game where they've mm. taken it from just a battle royale which in and of itself you know shook up the landscape but they took it from just this basic battle royale to now it is a social hangout for a lot of younger kids in America uh, and, you know, globally. And it's like, they, I really respect the way, you know, you can say whatever you want about Epic as a whole or whatever, but I really like the way that they've taken Fortnite and, and continually evolved it to be this thing. And 12 million concurrence is just nuts. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. And I would love to know, you know, how much of this was done before work of, at home or, you know, did they have to implement this completely from work at home? Because that's, you know, something to be respected in of itself. Know. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And there's tons and tons of people that, that put work into this. And it was really cool from the, from the like screenshots mm -hmm. and the video clips that I saw of, of players getting sucked into outer space and stuff. But it's just, it was wild. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, they, they were... it looked like they took most of the control away from the players. So you could, you know, section it off and make it a more like uh, on rails experience. Right. So that probably made it a little bit easier on the devs. But even so, yeah. like, that's just it's crazy. Yeah, it looked really neat. I am not a big Fortnite player. I think I've played in total maybe an hour and a half of Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just watching the clips of of this it's so imaginative it's so just like this is mind-blowing what will they yeah. think of next like who's <laughs> like i mean we we've already seen a hologram of tupac like like what's <laughs> what's, what's gonna happen next in Fortnite? Mm -hmm. yeah i have that's... no idea but it's just like there, there's there's so much that can that that they, they can do and it's it's gonna be incredibly popular wild yeah yeah fortnite is probably going to be like you mentioned where the next hologram tupac moment happens where they're like right. oh my god they just got <laughs> i don't know michael jackson popped out or whatever and uh so i don't, <laughs> don't know put him in yeah don't put him in the game <laughs> yeah oh my god i didn't even think about that thing. i'm so good sorry good, <laughs> good stuff yeah no it, 
it's incredible what Epic has done with Fortnite. Like you said, taking it from this battle royale game into so much more. It's basically just a playground for them to play on mm-hmm. and do crazy stuff like this, a concert or even the end of the universe. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. to think about because, you know, the way that people talk about Halo 2 and Halo 3 now, where they're like, oh, yeah, I'd come home and I would just play that all night and go to bed, go Land to school, come all day. do it again. Like, that's what people are going to talk about Fortnite, you know, 20 yeah. years from now. They're going to be like, yeah, I would just come home, hop on Xbox Live and be on Fortnite all night. And it's like, yeah, and we're living it. And I'm like, too funny to, to jump in myself. Right. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> it's a fun game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... 12.3 million players. I wonder if that big of a jump from something as big as the end event, if it has something to do with the current situation, if stay at home help, I want, I guess it could, it probably That's did help. Like yeah. kids are no longer in school. They yeah, now, I would imagine so. Yeah. You just have so many and then now you have the kids who like we didn't play it but they do want to hang out with their friends and oh yeah they'll download it and it just yeah and then you even have the people who only tune into Fortnite for the events you know they have those players that just want to be a part of history so they want to jump in and be like oh my god there's a travis scott concert happening in an hour like i'll update Fortnite," you know so i don't know it's epic has continually proved themselves between like Unreal Tournament and everything like that, and and even like if you want to go to Gears of War, you know, and and everything here in Fortnite, it's it is interesting to see what caliber that studio has, yeah. uh, and it's it's pretty cool. Indeed. Speaking of pretty cool, Assassin's <laughs> Creed Valhalla has been officially revealed. It's going to be coming holiday 2020. Uh, I just pulled some bullet points from an article on PC Gamer. Uh, Like I just mentioned, it's coming out holiday 2020. The first cinematic trailer is already available. You play as a character named Ivor, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, And Mm -hmm. you can be either male or or female it's going to be set in ninth century england in the year 873 Uh, and your clan has left norway to settle in england sounds like you can build up a settlement there's going to be like tattoo parlors so you can customize (laughs) your own character and stuff like that sounds neat ignacio yep did you get a chance to check out this trailer yeah, I checked out the trailer, and my only takeouts are that I still wonder why Ubisoft insists insists on calling these games Assassin's Creed. Like they mm, they have gone so far is. away from what made Assassin's Creed unique that at this point, I think they should just span off of the series and make their own thing like if you watch the trailer the only thing there that would suggest is it, it's an Assassin's Creed game is the last shot where the character uses a hidden blade right. and that's not much of the trailer by itself so yeah I, I would rather use 
create a spin-off out of what they've done recently with Assassin's Creed. That being said, I'm going to give it a try. I hope it is a great game. I I enjoyed what I played of Odyssey, but in the end, I, I never finished it. I dropped out of it because of things that I did. Uh, so hopefully I, I can play this game and stick with it. I am interested. It sounds like an interesting setting and an interesting concept. Yeah. Like ninth century England sounds interesting. And what they showed there of the king talking about the Vikings and then uh, like then showing <laughs> what the Vikings were doing on their own time, having their families and all that, and then showing them raiding all these <clears throat> towns and yeah, on all that. It sounds interesting. It sounds like an interesting story. I right just hope with you. I just hope I can. The game makes me stick with it. Yeah, it's so. I'm I'm a sucker for the Assassin's Creed g- games. However, I had a really rough relationship with Odyssey. It's a fantastic g- 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 game by itself. But I thought it was a terrible Assassin's Creed game. Um, but I'm like I'm I'm so I'm I'm skeptical with this one. But I know it's the same team that made Assassin's Creed Black Flag and oh, Origins, really? and I really oh. liked both of the hose ones. Um, you had me at Black Flag, and then you lost me at Origins. <laughs> well, I, so like I I didn't necessarily like the direction of making it more RPG like that they went with in or, or, or Origins, but I still really liked it, and they still had a lot about the assassins and the Templar, and just like the, how that whole story got started, like that was amazing, and then it was with Odyssey that was like yes, you guys have made a phenomenal like historical mythological focused rpg right and it's amazing but the main story had nothing to do with the the assassins or the templars like there was literally nothing there um and 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 so i like i i'm skeptical of it because of that of just like are they gonna continue to go down that road but then yeah you do see the assassins Blade there at the end, and I'm like, ooh, I like that. I'm glad it came back because it has been absent the past few games. Yeah, and and the fact that you can like build up a settlement, like that stuff you could do in Brotherhood, and I was just like, I love this stuff. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, so I'm I'm mixed. Corey, what about you? You know, so I uh, I was just telling one of my friends the other day is I am a sucker for the lead up to Assassin's Creed, but when it comes times for me to pull the trigger, I like never do. And so I actually, fun story, I have uh, Odyssey on the way right now. I went ahead and got it. Um, oh. I, I got a copy off of eBay because I was like, man, I like really want to play it, but it's uh, 60 bucks digitally. And then you go to like Best Buy's website and it's like 50 and like GameStop's at like 40, I think. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's still too expensive. Cause I saw it last 
fall on sale for like 15 bucks. So I, uh, I'm really excited that, you know, uh, Greg Miller always talks about how good Odyssey is and, and I've heard other people uh, share his sentiments on the game. Yeah. So I really do want to give it a try. I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since three. Well, no, I take the back, take the back. Uh, I played Syndicate and I freaking loved Syndicate. Syndicate was so good. yeah, Syndicate I've grabbed me. Really? I, I love the, dyna- the dynamic with like the two characters and everything. Um, and I really dug the way that they did that. And so Odyssey being the syndicate team, I was like, I was really into it. I just never got it. And it was the same thing with Origins as I was like in a lead up to it. I freaking loved it. And then the way that they did this one with the boss logic stream, I was very much into it. I'm a sucker for watching people at the top of their craft work. And so <laughs> I had that stream on in the background for a lot of the day. and I would just tune in at different increments, but, but yeah, no, I, I love, it's a lot like final fantasy. I love the aesthetic of the Assassin's Creed universe. I just almost never end up grabbing them, which is weird because it's right up my alley. Like third person action adventure is, is my jam. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. And Basically, so, Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that I, I really enjoyed, um, uh, what I played, I've played two, three and syndicate and, uh, I didn't finish three. I really liked two and I really liked syndicate. So yeah, I was going to ask if you played the Ezio trilogy, I have me, that's one of the best trilogies in game. I need to go back cause it's, it finishes in brotherhood, correct? No, it's uh, Two, Brotherhood and Relations. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I haven't played Brotherhood or Relations, but I heard really good things about Brotherhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, the the Assassin's Creed hype got me with this one. Um, it's the same way that the Final Fantasy hype got me after playing seven. <laughs> so, and we're in a really good year uh, for stuff like that to happen because we're just, nothing's yeah. coming out for a little bit. And now with Last of Us, at uh, June 19th, I am very uh, excited to fill the time with maybe some Aussie and see if that grabs me. I hear it's I hear it's really good to start, and I hear it's really good at the end, but I hear the middle is kind of grindy with side quests. So yeah, I'm interested. I'm tentative, but I'm interested. It's yeah, like if 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 you like big sprawling RPGs and 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 st- 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 stuff like that, I think you will like o- 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 Odyssey. It's a lot of fun. You can basically do whatever you want. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, that's that's the thing. Like for someone like me who is like, I love the story of Assassin's Creed and they just kind of brushed it under the rug. It was just like, yeah. my heart. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> yeah. So. And at this point, like Assassin's Creed is such, for better or worse, a cash cow for them where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. No matter how far they stray from it, they're like, okay, we're going to get an Assassin's Creed game, you know, every other year or something. And and they'll pump it out. And like y'all were saying earlier, it'll be a really good game in its own right, but maybe not a great Assassin's Creed game. So it's kind of a, yeah. a sad thing to see if you are an Assassin's Creed fan. But maybe like you were saying with the Hidden Blade, you know, maybe that... Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that will be a thing. Did it still cut off the third finger? Like, I remember that was like a thing. No, the, it has... That was only in the first game, and <laughs> they gave a lower reason as to why this is doing that. Oh, okay. Although, <laughs> if it is in the 19, 1800s, in theory, he should have to 
cut his finger. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the changes in the, in the time Renaissance line would be. Yeah, Da Vinci is the one who thing. changes that. So, knowing nothing about it, I just really like to think of somebody that's like, okay, cool. I really, I'm, I'm excited to join your Assassins Club, and they're like, all right, you got to cut off your third finger, and you're like, like hell, I am. <laughs> and no, the weird then. thing is that it's. It's not even a ritual. It's like the hidden blade is designed in, a, in such a way that you have to cut your finger. <laughs> and it wasn't until that Vinci that they managed to have it not cut a finger. Not being nick your system. finger. Yeah, right. He's yeah. sitting there like, well, this is a terrible design. Let's fix yeah. that. <laughs> there has to be a better way to do this. <laughs> but I just can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> uh, so let's see let's move on to the next one here uh number five on our list microsoft is going to be revealing games for series x on a new inside xbox may 7th this is coming from tom warren at the verge and they write microsoft is planning to show off some xbox series x gameplay next month the software maker will hold a special inside xbox stream on may 7th with the focus squarely on games for the xbox series x microsoft's event will inc include next gen gameplay from microsoft's global developers partners but xbox game studio titles will be showcased at a later date are you so guys excited for this yes it, it, it is the third parties that they are showing off thank you ignacio mm -hmm. um so what's what's your excitement level for this right now are you guys wanting to see some new games is this just like eh, third parties I'm, I'm so torn because inside xbox as much as i love them have done nothing to help my expectations be through the roof because every yeah. time that that's happened yeah. with like inside xbox and stuff it's always gone down and, and we're always like okay well you know we got to keep our limit our expectations in check because it's just inside xbox but also with the current climate and everything this would be where we're gonna see some heavy hitters so i'm i'm of two minds i'm of like you know, okay, let's keep it. This is going to be like the indie stream and it's going to be great, but it's mm -hmm. it's going to be a solid stream, but it's not going to be anything huge. But then my other brain is like, man, we're going to finally see WB Montreal's Batman game. Oh my well, God, I see about that. Wait. We'll see about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're going to finally see all these things. I'm super I excited. I probably wouldn't either at this point, but it's like, WB already said that they were going to do something at E3, and so maybe and historically they liked to go with Xbox, I believe, I think. No. And so, or maybe Maybe. Not. Well, no, because I, yeah, at least Arkham Knight was, was at the PlayStation event. At least Arkham Knight was. Yeah, one. you're right. Yeah, because yeah, the latest uh, uh, state of play was where they thought, or not the latest, but you know what I mean. Um I don't know, maybe Shadow of Mordor has something to do with Xbox. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's but you know, I'm just I'm crossing my fingers. We'll see something that'll just blow me out of the water. I'm still so mm -hmm. I know that wasn't the question, but I'm still so torn on the Series X as a whole, especially in the mm -hmm. launch window where they've been up front and they're like, 
any game that works on Series X is going to work on the One X. So at that yeah. point, I'm like, okay, well, then that's just telling me probably don't buy a Series X at launch. No, wait until if there is ever a time where something only comes out on the Series X. Because that's, you know, at, at a certain point, you're just getting a frame and uh, asset upgrade, you know. Yeah. So it's like if Halo Infinite runs well on the One X then I'll probably just keep the one X. But if, if they come out and like, Oh man, like it runs, but it's like, it's like PUBG on the, on the one S at launch where people were like, this is unplayable. Like if it's something like that, then I would be as a player, uh, leaning towards grabbing a series X. But as it is right now, um, I'm leaning like maybe not, but I'm still very, very excited to see what they have on offer at the yeah at this uh inside xbox but keeping limitations in check at the same time yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm kind of on the opposite side of that i did not have an xbox this generation so i oh. missed out on all of that stuff and i mm-hmm. want the like big new shiny thing so i've been sold on an xbox uh nice. series x for a long time now uh, and so I'm just being like, show me games. I want more games. Mm-hmm. So. It's exciting because once you get a Series X, um, I mean, you can play, you know, the Ori games yeah, and exactly. Gears 5 and stuff like that. Exactly. Or it's like it's like when you are in the middle of the of the of this generation, you're like, man, Xbox has nothing. But looking back on it, you're like, OK, they didn't have a lot, but they had a few <laughs> really good heavy hitters that coming in. You know, at the beginning of next gen, once you play the first two launch titles or whatever, you can uh, you can go back and have a whole huge Game Pass library to play with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ignacio, yeah, you know, to think... me. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Ed. <laughs> is it a new question or the same question as before? I was about to do a new question about this, but if you have something to say, go for that first, and I can. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not as excited for this event as maybe i should maybe that has something to do with i'm more of a ps4 fan than an xbox fan sure um yeah like Corey said inside xbox doesn't have the best track record to be honest like Mm -hmm. if this were uh even a state of play i would be more excited than if it is an inside xbox but that being said the (laughs) the event is about third parties and next gen so that in a way is exciting to see new stuff even if it it will obviously come to the ps5 so getting new games for next gen is always good yes but I, yeah, i'm not as excited as maybe i should i don't know see i'm i'm excited but i'm not like ecstatic i'm i'm i'm, I'm like yes give me more games i want to see them i want to see what they look like because the data will be fantastic but i i think i i i have no idea what microsoft's marketing strategy is but i can imagine them having this like three beat marketing step right where it's just like hey here's the third party giggy games tune in two weeks from now when we show you the first hardy stuff right and then mm-hmm. two weeks after after that we will let you know the price and when you can pre-order the xbox Series x and to me that is 
just one step after another getting me more and more excited being like oh come on show me more yeah and you have to assume that them having third parties in this event you have to assume that they will probably try to push uh game pass and yep probably this will be a great opportunity for them if every game that they show they end up and that saying hey this game is coming to game pass when it comes out like it is in a way a good strategy for them if they end up somehow integrating game pass into it like even if we know these games are coming to the place to playstation or maybe pc they at least have a way to show hey this is why you should come here because you'll get these games as part of game pass sorry great service with so many other games you can download right now agreed agreed yeah yeah game pass has done such wonders for xbox and like you're saying if if you get you know a lot of those if they can somehow pull it off where a lot of these are day and date um with game pass or even if like just a couple of heavy hitters are day and date it's like oh yeah you're like you have to mm-hmm Good stuff. Well, let's move on to number six because this kind of relates. Number six, Jeff Keighley announces Summer Game Fest to take place from May to August 2020. Uh, This is coming from Jeff's Twitter, and he writes, Today, I'm proud to announce Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of news events from all of your favorite game platforms and publishers. It's all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events, playable content, and demos of select titles and a bunch of fun surprises summer game fest is not a singular show but a whole season for events the schedule hub at summergamefest.com will guide you through the next four months to make sure you don't miss a thing and he has announced the phase one lineup which includes 2k Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt, Extremes, EA, PlayStation, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, WB, and Xbox. I don't know. Take it back before this is where we see the the Batman game. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. So it could happen at microsoft's event because um, i that is technically a part of the summer game fest thing uh, oh yeah i see I, that technically that's where i have my problems yeah so it's 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 an interesting thing because it's not a specific show it's not a specific time it's just like hey this amorphous period is the summer game fest yeah um, the only problem i have with it with this is that i don't know exactly what it is like su- supposedly the xbox event and the the one that will come after and if the playstation the PlayStation event comes out on june they will all fall into this summer game fest in a 
way. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of this is Keely making it happen, or how much is it just Keely saying that they are part of this thing? Because I could just easily pick a random set of months and say, hey, this is the super duper game. Event. <laughs> and I, and super if, duper, you say? Yeah. And if a games events end up coming out or happening in the time frame, like I didn't make anything happen, but they ended up falling into that. Yeah. I so wonder I, how much of it is Keely doing something and how much is Keely just going up to them and saying, hey, can we say it is a part of this four month event? I, th- I think that's kind of what he's doing. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. I think he sees the value in a specific time every year, yeah, 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 a specific time every year where the games industry kind of comes together and celebrates all of the new stuff, all of these amazing all of these amazing games. Like we don't know what E three will look like in the in the future. Um, but I think when E3 went down, Jeff Cayley saw an opportunity. I think IGN saw a similar thing of like, hey, we can do our summer of gaming thing. Yeah, games both um, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like I think a lot of people had a similar idea in the sense that, hey, there is value in just a big celebration. And I think what Jeff Keighley is trying to do is just like, hey, let's have an all-encompassing branding on on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, see, I wonder how much of this is an event and how much is it just giving a name to a set of months. Yeah, that's that's been my feeling about the whole thing as well, where it's been like, all right, how much of this was already going? to happen like you were exactly saying how much of it was already going to happen and, and jeff Keighley was just like all right like i'll give you like 20 bucks and you <laughs> you you put your, your logo on just over this, here says so that you should <laughs> and it's like it, it's so it's so weird because like wb was you know very frank that they were gonna do something and so I wonder if they already had their plan and Jeff Keighley was like, all right. And then the same thing with Digital Extreme, the Warframe. It's like they always announce something around E3. So so it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. so many, it's, it's so much of that. And like you said, it's kind of the coming together uh, and, and putting a name to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see exactly. if it, we'll see if it, um, if it pans out and it works out because I totally agree where it's like, this is, you're, you're telling me video game news is going to happen sometime in the next four months. Like, <laughs> thanks, man. No way. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I, I think what he's doing is just taking all of these events, which can seem like, you know, separate, desperate events. But if you kind of organize them under the same umbrella, mm-hmm. then that could be pretty neat. And if it works, maybe next year it's like, hey, it's only three months. Let's tighten it up some. You know? Yeah. Um, How insulting is it going to be next year when they're like, E3 is a part of the Summer Game Fest? <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, but, I just wonder how much it being a Summer Game Fest instead of being just four months in the year, 
how much it will add, how much more stuff we'll see, mm-hmm. if any. Yeah, is anybody pressured to put out a demo or put out a trailer yeah. because the Summer Game Fest is happening, or is this just what we were going to get anyway? Yeah. I mean, he did do that, like... I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but at the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley announced, he's like, hey, you guys can go play all of these demos I online did right now. I did that. That was awesome, yeah. I feel like that, that might just be another round of that. Of like, hey, here's... Yeah, but that was him going and picking this game and making them available to people. That's adding yeah. something that we wouldn't yeah, so, have gotten... Like, I, I think what I'm trying to get at is that it's a mix of both. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. he is organizing everything under one umbrella, but then also using his influence to be like, hey, can, can you guys help me out and make a demo that we can put out at this time? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can see we'll that. see. You can see it being a way of... I don't know, in a way, pressuring people into giving something. <laughs> oh, this is an awfully nice conference. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. <laughs> hey, we've been telling all these people that they would get something. It would be a shame if you came out and said they won't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, speaking of not getting <laughs> anything, let's move on to number seven here, oh. uh, which is... Nintendo reportedly delays their June Direct. This is the one that they probably would have had uh, near E3. Um, This is coming from Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat, who writes, Nintendo is telling partner developers it is not going to hold one of its Nintendo Direct video uh, events in June. The publisher has had a June Direct to correspond with E3 every year since 2013. And before that, it held annual stage presentations. But complications brought about from Japan's work-from-home order as part of its attempts to mitigate COVID-19 are forcing Nintendo to push back its schedule. Corey, what do you think about the continued lack of Nintendo news here? It's sad, but it's kind of expected with everything that's going around. I don't, I don't blame any, anybody for for doing this because it's, it's really been a tough time for a lot of developers um, to, to, you know, adapt and change to this work from home environment. And so, I don't blame them. I I do wonder, you know, was it just like, oh man, we had three games planned and, you know, none of them were able to scrounge together a trailer now? Or, you know, it's it's something as simple as capturing trailer footage is so difficult now because you're like, I can't just go right. down to the playtest area and capture anymore. I have to capture from my build at home and I don't have the QA guys here, you know, to help me troubleshoot, you know. So I, I would love to know what's going on. We probably never will. We'll probably hear from them in July or August, you know, and and see what their new direct is past that. But it's like, I think it was Smash Bros or whatever that right when this all started, they were like, yeah, we've pretty much halted all DLC yeah. work. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, 
So it doesn't sound like it's too far from the cuckoo's nest uh, to hear the news. Exactly. Yeah, and speaking think, of Smash Bros. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that speaking of Smash Bros, the mini direct, they came out and said that in June we would get information about the DLC. How many yeah. changes oh, they don't yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because, yeah, they were, they were like, ah, it's an arms character. You'll hear say, more later. Hey, a arms character is coming. Yeah. We won't tell you which one, but tune in June. <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm, I also wouldn't put it past Nintendo for it to be a quality thing. Of mm-hmm. Just like, hey, we don't want to just have it be like a Skype call and we record that and that's what you get as a direct. I think yeah. people would, would be understanding, but it was mm-hmm. like, I I just, I have the feeling it's also quality of, of just like, we want it to be incredibly polished. Here is this pr- presentation. It looks stellar, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, where everybody else is putting out stuff and they're adapting and they're just from a Logitech webcam in their home. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Nintendo, that actually really fits Nintendo's MO that they're like, no, mm-hmm. we are going to film this professionally when this is all over, and that's when they're going to get news. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much. That would make sense. Because it's not like Nintendo Directs have a heavy amount of in-person videos in there. Yeah. yeah. Mostly one, one person there just in a white void. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, I wonder if this might have something to do with, and it's something I feared when E3 got canceled, is that Nintendo just doesn't see any reason as to why it stick to June. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe before, since it, it was A3, they saw a reason the to summer game be fest, there. Man. <laughs> yeah, the summer Game Fest, it's, it's, it's four months now. So, oh my God. do yeah. it in June. So yeah, that's that might be a reason as to why they don't see any reason or value to stay to June now. Indeed. Yeah, what is, what's interesting of this is that we know nothing concrete about upcoming Nintendo games. Yeah. Like, no, at most, we know, yeah. okay, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is going to come out at some point, who knows when, or Metroid Prime 4. But mm-hmm. we know nothing solid about the rest of the year, or even the years to come. Like, maybe yeah. they're Pokemon DLC, but that would be so. Now we're in this weird space where there's nothing for Nintendo right now, and I wonder if if this having such a big void left because of what's happening now. I wonder if they this will make them change their strategy that they've been going on for years now of. Real of telling you, say, come, come February or March, we know nothing about the rest of the year, and then they come and they tell you what's coming out later. I wonder if it, this will make them change that might. and maybe try and tell you about what's on the years to come instead of just when we're at the beginning of the year. Mm, I wonder if Metroid Prime 4 is a great example. I wonder if that kind of spurned them where they announced it with the PNG image, and then it came out later that they were like, oh, yeah, we really just didn't like the build quality, and so we gave it back to Retro, and so 
I don't the same way that Sony it, it feels like has kind of been spurned about announcing release dates and showing things really early and then now they refuse to tell you a release date until it's like concrete. Yeah. So I wonder if they have something like that where they're just afraid to show you what next year's offering is. But I don't know. It's you have a really good point that we are, you know, seven months from Christmas and I have no clue what is happening in the seven months of Nintendo until then. Yeah. It's wild, wild times we live in mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But that about does it for our news section. So let's move on to our new and notable. Okay, first up, Dreams on the PlayStation 4 now has a free demo that you guys can check out. Um, from what I understand, it's kind of a limited version. Like, they, it's it's curated what things you can check out oh, that's in, cool. in there. Um, yeah, so. when I saw the news, uh, what came to my mind is how are they doing this? Is it a curated list? Yeah, um, so it seems maybe? like it's cu- curated and then it's like the start of their single player campaign thing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, mm. good stuff. But if you guys were interested in checking it out uh you guys can now do so for free uh next up streets of rage 4 is now available i this one kind of completely missed my radar last week but i saw a lot of people talking about uh, about the s1 um were either of you interested in this game Nope. I, I've never played beat-em-ups, really, but mm-hmm. River City Girls, I think was last year, uh, really interested me for some reason. I never got to pick it up, but no. this this game, uh, Street Strikes 4, kind of came out of nowhere, and they were like, yeah, all right, it out, did. like, very soon. Yeah, and it's and, getting good uh, reviews. Yeah, it's getting good reviews, and it's people are like, oh, this is a really cool, like, return to form for, for beat-em-ups and everything, and this is a really good... I've heard nothing but praise for it, and so it's like, it's not really my type of game. Like, I'd probably buy River City Girls before I bought this one, but uh, I am happy that it's out there, and I'm happy that this genre that doesn't get that much love, in all honesty, uh, has a new game to kind of chew on for a little bit. And same here. I'm not a big fan of beat-em-ups, and that might have something to do with a generational thing. Like, Mm. growing up, beat-em-ups weren't really a thing. Whereas, yeah. say, in the 80s or early 90s, beat-em-ups were a huge thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really a... It's definitely a sign of the arcade times. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. uh, like you said, it's just... Pl- growing up, I never played them, so... I don't know. But, but it, they do look cool. I love watching gameplay, and I love the aesthetic of these guys. Indeed. Next up, we have the PlayStation Plus games uh for this month first up we have cities skylines and we also have farming simulator 19 if you are a playstation plus subscriber you can pick up both of those games for free and they are booing in the background (laughs) the crowd is booing yeah weird combinations it's a weird combination it it it's 
sucks that a lot a lot of people don't like them but mm. that's also mm-hmm. kind of bound to happen every once in a while um yeah it, it, it's it's like i i feel strange complaining being like this sucks these are terrible no one wants these <laughs> when they've given us like almost the entirety of the uncharted g- 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 games for yeah. Ferrari this past month the gigahavis journey uh mm-hmm. like like we've, we've had some really great things but mm-hmm. even on some of the not so great months you usually have at least one thing that i think mm-hmm. is generally considered like oh yeah that would make sense yeah i don't know i mean for one what makes it bad this lineup is that from what i've heard city skylines doesn't even run well on the ps4 oh on that by itself it's yeah that makes it even worse but on the other hand uh i personally i don't think the ps plus lineup has been that good this generation like i mean like i said there have been some good games here and there but overall i even even I would say the internet's opinion is also that the PS Plus lineup isn't that good that often. Sure, yeah. Compared to even PS3, where I, where I would say there was a higher quality and you would see better games come out. And yeah, and the thing that makes it even worse is that before they announced this, I saw a rumor where they said that it was going to be Dying Light and Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah, uh, I saw I that too. We were going to get that, and then seeing this, <laughs> that made it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Wild. But we also have the games with gold for Xbox, uh, the first of which is V-Rally 4. Next up, we have Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr. It sounds like a Kingdom Hearts t- t- title. Uh, uh, hey i love <laughs> kingdom hearts i'm a huge kingdom hearts fan uh then we also have sensible world of soccer and overlord 2 available on the xbox 360 for games with gold as well so there you go honestly those up. not a much better list you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least there's four that's right yeah. Yeah, at least they, yeah. they do give you where you have an Xbox One and a 360 game uh, for the first 15 days, and they whatever. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It but. is indeed. But that's about it for new and notable. Last but not least, let's get into our upper runners. First up, the Stadia Connect. Now, last Ooh. week... Ignacio and I kind of talked about this because we had a change in our recording schedule and we ended up recording on Tuesday night after it mm-hmm. happened. But I, I put this in the upper runners uh, because I wanted to see if Corey had thoughts on this or Stadia in 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 general. Man, I, I'm just constantly in the I don't know who Stadia is for camp where, <laughs> where it's like, I, I hear it all the time where you're oh, this is for families that don't have access to a game console or a gaming PC. And it's like, well, naturally, the inclination for that is like, who is going to have the Internet 
to run gaming consistently but not right. you know have a gaming rig already and it's just yeah. and a lot of people are like oh well then it's for travelers and it's like okay well hotel wi-fi is notoriously horrible so like it's just it's it's really cool i live in a world where i think x cloud is a very cool like thing that i'm hoping is going to change how i play things where i can sure. play it at home if I go to the office and I'm rendering out a video or something, I can pull it up on my phone and resume right where I am. But the problem with Stadia's promises and everything is, okay, I'm, I just bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a perfect example on my Xbox. So I'll play it on my Xbox and then whatever I, in a world where we still go to work, I go to work and pull it up. But Stadia is a totally different platform with different save states. So you, you have to be committed to the ecosystem but that ecosystem's whole thing is to be like interconnected to other ecosystems, but those don't mix. So it's yeah. it's so weird. And then the poor Stadia Connect. I watched uh, I watched kind of funny do their reacts to it, and it's it's I, I feel bad for it because they just don't have anything yeah. to show. But at the same point, like everybody's saying, just make a PlayStation blog or just upload a YouTube video without any pomp and circumstance. You know. And let it it's be a, a thing, but don't make it like this is our next big lineup of games. And then in the lineup show, like, oh, this fall, you're going to get to play last fall's games. Yeah. Like, yeah. OK, man, like, I'm sorry, but it's I'm, I'm excited and I'm really glad that Google likes to do this where they like to push the technology forward and let other mm. people pick up the torch and, and yeah. really do it and um as much as i hate to say it i can kind of see stadia being one of those things where we look back on it and it's like google really pushed microsoft and sony to do this and now we have this yeah. awesome streaming solution and like, like i said xcloud is awesome and like you alluded to at the very like towards the beginning um, sony kind of hooking up with xcloud to really beef up PlayStation Now, I think, would be really cool, and it's really going to help the convenience and portability of gaming. And uh, once, like, I haven't gotten uh, invited to it yet, but the fact that the xCloud beta is already on iOS and Stadia mm -hmm. has been out for months and also is not on iOS is, is nuts. Like, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. Indeed. I, yeah. yeah, I saw one person make a tweet about the Stadia Connect, like, <laughs> like it, 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 it was, it fell so flat that no one was complaining. <laughs> it was just completely ignored. Yeah. They're just and like you're not even worth the tweet. Yeah. yeah. To me, what sucks the most is that Google could very easily eat the lunch of any other stream service. Yeah. Many times over. Because it's Google. Easily. We take, we take into granted YouTube and what YouTube does for video streaming. We take that for granted. Try to use any other video streaming service. Yeah. YouTube blows them so many times over. I wish that Google would do what it did with video streaming and put that into game streaming. I wish they would do that. But they won't. I don't know why they won't. They just threw Stadia out there, out, out in the wild, and see if it sticks or if it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't yeah, think like, would have. To play devil's advocate, 
YouTube back when it first launched wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but that's that is an excuse. Like saying when it came out, it's not when it came out, it's now. And it's sure. many years after that. It isn't an but excuse. St- Stadia is its own new thing. So for them to like put it out and it not be great and then who knows maybe if you know five years from now stadia is finally where it should be then who knows i mean we just don't know Mm. but once we start getting the what i kind of wish they would have done is they would have because it it feels like enter the gaming space without really knowing what they were doing um, right. Which is fine, but what they, what I personally think they should have done is, you know, created that studio and uh, I can't, uh, Shannon Studstill, Studstill. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, pick up talent like Shannon, you know, a year or two ago and have them start working on a game a year or two ago. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and you really can't play that game, but, um, you know, do it that route, but it feels like they just kind of rushed this service out to beat xcloud to market and then they're like but don't worry guys we just started making a game and everybody in the gaming community knows that pre-production you know you're you're looking at you know okay we'll get a game in three years from now maybe which yeah yeah, exactly and if if shannon brings any of that um man i can't even think of anybody santa monica if if (laughs) shannon brings that santa monica magic it, you know, made, like you said, maybe three years and we'll get a killer game. But right now it's all the games you've already played streaming. You have to start all over again because it's a different safe state and a different platform. And it's, I don't know. They're, yeah, no. But no, like until, they, they definitely okay. can grow. Yeah. Until they start bringing new games they can take with other consoles, until then they won't be able to compete with PS4 or or PS5 and Xbox Series X. Like, totally. Yeah. Why? Agreed. They just announced that you'll be able to play Jedi Fallen Order. I already played that game. Yeah, forever ago. <laughs> it will come out a year after. Games from two years ago. Join <laughs> us on stage. They wasted time on Doom. Doom already just yeah. came out. Why, you, uh, why are you telling us about Doom? I felt so bad for Doom because that was... They, they put... They like hitched all yeah. their wagons on Doom at launch, and then it got delayed, and it just hasn't seemed like Stadia's been able to stand up on their own since then. So Doom still hasn't come out on Stadia, has it? Yeah, I don't think so. Yo, why was it supposed to come out day and day on Stadia, and now after that, it didn't? I don't know. It's so weird because it's like if if they were going to if we lived in the timeline where Eternal stuff came out last fall, like it was originally going to, mm-hmm. were they going to come out day and date at that point? Because I mean, at this point, you would think no, because it got delayed and it still hasn't come out. So yeah. I don't know. It's the whole thing, and I just feel I feel bad, but like you said. At the same point, I shouldn't feel bad because we're talking about Google, and that is like they have the money to create whatever they want. So I don't, I don't know. It's Indeed. very, very interesting. Last but not least, uh, last but not least, Evo 2020 
has been canceled due to concerns over COVID-19. Uh, I'm not a big, like, fighting game fan person. That's what this one is, right? That's what Evo is. I thought so. Yeah, and it it wasn't just canceled. They announced that digital event. Oh, they did. I I did not catch that part, so... Okay, well, at, at least at least they have that then. Yeah, it will be interesting to see Evo being done online, like having all these games to to play them online, like yeah, Smash Bros. Ultimate. I wonder how that will end up. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have that great internet connection already. I can't yeah. imagine putting uh, you know, That's gonna a, be rough. an intense fighting tournament on top of that. It would be interesting seeing pros kind of play like that. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're just gonna have to like stare at it as the screen like tries to catch up to them, and they're like, "God damn it, Nintendo!" <laughs> yeah. Oh well. It's another well, one of those sucky things, but COVID you know, forced people to adapt. Indeed. That pretty much wraps us up for our show, Corey. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me. Like I said, I'm I'm really happy that somebody took me up on the offer and, <laughs> and had me come on and everything, and it's been super fun. Normally, uh, any podcast appearances are, are normally just like talking about me, so I like talking about the the gaming news landscape and everything. Indeed. It's very fun. Well, we like to wrap things up on the podcast by asking what you're excited for this next week are you are you gonna be diving into a new game new tv show who knows what 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 are you excited for this next week uh so me personally i as soon as we wrap up here i am am finishing for the first time ever the avatar last airbender series so that's I made it to the last episode and I clicked on the last episode and it's an hour and a half. And I was like, this is awesome. So yes, I'm excited to do that. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, I have uh, odyssey on the way. So I'll, uh, I'll jump into that. And since, uh, since I have Final fantasy six plugging away on my Vita, I'll be doing that in the meantime as well. So a bunch of, a bunch of juggling things, but I wouldn't have yeah. it any other way. Yeah. That's some good, good thing. Yeah, as, as someone who grew up with, with, as someone who grew up watching Avatar as it came out as a kid, it's so weird seeing all these people rewatching Avatar. Get back I into it now. Yeah, so much less than I thought I had because I watched it as it was coming out too, and I was like in love with the show. And when uh, Blessing from Kind of Funny was talking about that, he had just never seen it. Period. I was like, that's crazy. But I want to rewatch it. And I rewatched it. And it turns out, I don't know how this happens as a kid, because I just watched it as it like on Nickelodeon. I had only seen the first book of water. I really? had, yeah, I got to Earth oh, and they introduced uh, the character of Hoff and everything. And I'm like, this girl is a badass. I've never <laughs> seen any of this. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. I knew I really liked the show. I had loved water, I guess. I can just say water, but growing up, but it's like, it's such a fantastic show. And, uh, it, it really does take like what I loved about Dragon Ball, like the really cool, mm-hmm. the really cool fights and the really cool characters and everything and, and turns it up to 11. And 
And it's been fascinating. I'm trying to like pay attention to the directors and everything like that. And there's only like three directors for the entire series. They just trade oh, off yeah, episodes really? for the most part. Huh? Indeed. Ignacio, what are you excited to dive into this week? Well, now that I finished Seven Remake, I've been debating on what should I play next. Like, I have the original Seven on the Switch, so I'm going to keep going at it. But on my main console, I've been thinking about going and playing Far Cry 3. Like, okay. I've, I've been a fan of Far Cry uh, 4 and the newer one, but I never played 3. And right now I'm I'm having that want to try it out. So I might, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try some missions of Seven Remake on hard mode. I really did the first one. Nice. So maybe I'll do some of that. Sounds good. Cool. I've yeah, never Far played awesome. a Far mm? Cry game. Really? Mm -mm. What? They're, uh, I don't, they're pretty I, good. I just like happen to miss them and yeah Kyle. never played one on. i feel like they do such a good job of establishing that like well at least three started at the trend where it's like everybody's mm. got a really good villain to it and so <laughs> i really yeah. enjoy that and kind of like the saints Row games as the franchise progresses in entries they just get crazier and crazier yeah, sure. and it's yeah. it's brilliant yep Sounds good. This week, I am excited to dive back into Resident Evil 2. Hopefully, yeah. that won't take too much longer. Um, yeah. I, I I looked it up online. It looked like it took like 10 hours to beat. Yeah, no. Ish. For, for sure, you. I would say you, you'll probably have beaten both campaigns by next week. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. It isn't, good stuff. It isn't long. Because that's sure, I was isn't long. Uh, hoping to play this one and then eventually pick up Resident Evil Three on mm. sale at some po point this play. this this year. We'll see. I like my, my my mindset has been like with this whole COVID nineteen thing, we're not getting very many games, yeah. so I kind of need to play the ones that will be in the conversation at the end of the year. So. We'll see. Then go yeah. and play Kakarot. Yeah, still need to play <laughs> Kakarot. So. For sure we'll be talking about it on the Game of the Year discussion. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, well, Corey, where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me uh, pretty much everything I post is going to be over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Corey Cudney. And uh, like I said, I am looking into guests to bring on to the Just an Editor podcast. Um, it's uh, so far see, season one. It was going to be I kind of made it a limited series podcast because I just stopped finding guests. And it's like <laughs> you know, once you once you bring on like four editors, like Hollywood editors that you know will reply to you, mm. you just like down and you're like well nobody else replies because you have to go through their agents and it's like a whole thing yeah. and it's like not a world that i'm used to either so i just so yeah I'm, I'm in the process of doing that but you know hit me up on twitter and uh, that is probably the easiest way to find me um and you can see what uh, our company's doing over at certain affinity on twitter too we're working on some some cool stuff sounds good 
Nasio, how about you? Where can the people find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter at Ignacio Rojas B. That's I-G-N-A-C-I-O-R-O-J-S-B. It's my name. <laughs> you guys can find me online at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with this show or any of our podcasts, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a foe, sell your soul, do whatever you have to go to do to uh, share the stuff on social media. <laughs> you don't need a soul. Souls are yeah, over. Exactly. needs one. Yeah. Who needs one? Uh, but with that being said, thank you for tuning in. This has been episode 24 of Crossplay. We will see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.